Al-Bayan Radio presents the following lesson from Masjid Al-Azhar, Bilmo, presented by Nidal Ayyubi. Bismillah, alhamdulillah, wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillah, wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man wala. Welcome back to our classes, my dear brothers and sisters. Tonight, inshallah, we'll continue. We began in our last lesson speaking about Al-Adab Al-Ashra, the ten mannerisms, ten types of manners. And this is written by Sheikh Saleh Al-Wasaymi, Hafizullah. And we took the first three in our last lesson, where the Sheikh said, after starting with the Basmala, Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim, I'lam hadani Allahu wa iyaka li ahsan al-akhlaqi anna min a'zam al-adabi ashara. He said, Hafizullah, after the Basmala, you should know, my Allah, guide me and you to the best of character, the most tremendous of mannerisms are ten. Then he started numbering him. The first one he mentioned, Hafizullah, was Al-Awwal, إِذَا لَقِيتَ مُسْلِمًا فَسَلِّمَ عَلَيْهِ قَائِلًا السَّلَامُ عَلَيْكُمْ وَرَحْمُتُ اللَّهِ وَبَرَكَاتُهُ وَإِنْ سَلَّمَ عَلَيْكَ فَقُلْ وَعَلَيْكُمُ السَّلَامُ وَرَحْمُتُ اللَّهِ وَبَرَكَاتُهُ The first one was regarding the salam, the greetings of peace. If you come upon a Muslim, give them salam or greetings of peace, saying, may the peace and blessings of Allah be upon you. If you are greeted with salam, reply, and may the peace and blessings of Allah be upon you. Then he moved on. Athani he said, إِذَا أَرَدْتَ الدُّخُولَ عَلَىٰ أَحَدٍ فَاسْتَأْذِنْ وَاكِفًا عَنْ يَمِينِ الْبَابِ أَوْ يَسَارِهِ فَإِنْ أَذِنَ لَكَ دَخَلْتَ وَإِنْ قِيلَ لَكَ إِرْجَعْ فَرْجِعْ The second one, was if you wish to enter upon someone into their home, then seek their permission, standing to the right side of a door or to the left. If you are given permission, enter. And if it is said to you, go back, then go back. Then we took the third one. الثالث سَمِّ اللَّهَ فِي إِبْتِدَاءِ أَقْلِكَ وَشُرْبِكَ قَائِلًا بِسْمِ اللَّهِ وَقُلْ بِيَمِينِكَ وَقُلْ مِمَّا يَلِيكَ وَإِذَا فَرَغْتَ فَلْعَقْ أَصَابِعَكَ وَقُلِ الْحَمْدُ لِلَّهِ the third one was regarding the adab of eating. He said, say Bismillah before you begin eating and drinking and be sure to eat with your right hand and eat from what is close to you. When you finish, lick your fingers and say Alhamdulillah, all praise is to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We took them three in the previous class. Today we reached Ar-Rabi'ah and there's ten. Today we'll take a few more, maybe three or four. Bi-Ithnillahi ta'ala. Ar-Rabi'ah, takallam bi-tayyib al-kawli. في خير واخفض صوتك متمهلا في حديثك وأنصت لمن كلمك مقبلا عليه ولا تقاطعه ولا تتقدم بين يدي الأكبر بالكلام Speak with good words and of what is best Lower your voice Speak carefully and deliberately Listen to those who speak to you Fully face them Do not interrupt them And do not speak before your elders. Golden advice. Very much needed. Let's take these seven issues. Firstly, تَكَلَّمْ بِطَيِّبِ الْقَوْلِ فِي خَيْرٍ Speak good or pure words. And as we know, khayr is goodness. What is generally good, whether it be the main source for us, which is sharia, or what is known as in the urf, in the customs of the people, what is good. And as we know, the Prophet wasallam. He advised us, he gave us golden advice regarding speaking good and avoiding bad speech. What did he say? Man kana yu'minu billahi wal yawmi al-akhir 
whoever believes in Allah and the last day, what's the advice here? Fal yaqul khayran awliyasmut. Hadith is found in Bukhari, Muslim, Tafakun alayhi. Whoever believes in Allah and the last day, what should he do? Let him speak good or remain silent. As we say, zip it. And that's what? You have something good to say. And it's very important there. You got something good to say, especially something which Allah loves, then say it. Especially when it's enjoining the good, forbidding the evil, it's better to say. Better to speak with wisdom, with knowledge, with care and affection for the one you're speaking to. But if you've got nothing good to say, then it's better to remain quiet. Subhanallah al-Azim. And in this, when you've got nothing good to say, silence is gold. You save yourself from getting into trouble. There's a famous saying, فَإِن كَانَ الْكَلَامُ مِنْ فِضَّةٍ فَإِنَّ السُّقُوتَ مِنْ ذَهَبٍ Apply this to when you have nothing good to say. If speaking was from silver, then silence is from gold. But this is when you have nothing good to say. شَرْعًا, Islamically. But if you've got something good to say, Islamically, then what's best? To speak. So that's the first thing. Speak pure, good words. If not, remain quiet. Secondly, وَقْفِضْ صَوْتَكَ Lower your voice. As we know, your voice, this is how you speak, this is what people hear. So here you're recommended to speak, not too loud, speak in a moderate tone. مُتَمَهِّلًا في حديثك. Taking care and being careful of what you say. Meaning before you say it, think about the word. Is it going to be a benefit? Weigh the words up before you say it. Because now you control them. But when you release those words, they control you. So be, be very careful of what you say. Speak carefully. Weigh up your words before you release them. وَأَنصِتْ لِمَنْ كَلَّمَكَ And remain quiet or listen to the one who speaks to you. Listen to the one who speaks to you. Give him your ear. You know, today we're very good speakers, but not many of us are very good listeners. And we all may fall into this. Being a good listener is very, very important. Let other people speak. And when they're finished, say what you want to say. Especially if you're trying to help someone. Let them get it out there. And then, reply to them. So you should be silent and listen. Because they're two different things. Sometimes you can be silent, but really not listening at all to what someone else is saying. And you're in another world. Okay, so don't think they're the same thing. You should pay attention to the one who you're listening to. Give them your full attention. Muqbilan alayhi. This is the fifth issue here, facing them. A lot of the problems in marriage from husband and wife is not letting the other person speak, not hearing them out, not letting them pour their heart out to you, even with children as well. Let your child speak, even if you don't agree with what they have to say. But what do we do sometimes? Your son fell into a drama, your daughter, they stuffed up, they done a mistake. Let them speak, let them explain themselves, even if you don't buy it. Let them pour everything out, and then, then you address it. You address it with wisdom. And the next point, and this is the sixth point regarding this, وَلَا تُقَاطِعْهُ Do not cut them off. Do not interrupt them. And I'm, I'm sure we all fall into it sometimes. We're all guilty of it. Let the other person finish. Let them speak. Don't interrupt them. Don't cut them off. Especially if they're your parents or your elders or your scholars and ulama. Let them finish what they have to say. And the last point. وَلَا تَتَقَدَّمْ بَيْنَ يَدَيِ الْأَكْبَرِ بِالْكَلَامِ Do not speak before your elders. Now what do we mean by elders here? Elders, does it only mean one thing? A person of knowledge, what do we call him? Generally speaking, what do we call him? A sheikh. What's a sheikh in Arabic language? An old person. What's the similarity between an old person and a sheikh? Knowledge, experience, and they both deserve what? Respect. And it fits both here. 
والكبرو هي نوعان كبرو أقدار فارس and position and here he referred to the علماء or the upright leaders وكبرو أعمار and the elders in age especially those who are linked to you in terms of uh, of family your your fathers your grand your grandfathers your uncles and aunties and the like you have to give them respect and let them speak and don't interrupt them at all if we're in a gathering who should speak first the elders the ulama and we see this in a hadith where the prophet sallallahu mentioned this as it's found in the sahih where he said kabbir kabbir let the elders speak let the elders speak let them speak first especially when it comes to the people of knowledge the scholars the scholars they've dedicated their life to learning let them speak when, when you're around scholars and ulama. And the ones like us who don't have much knowledge, it's not on our shoulders. It's on the shoulders, the responsibility of, especially the big masail, the big issues that have to do with the community, it's on them. Therefore, they've reached a certain station and position. It's their right to speak, not our right. And upon us, even as students of knowledge, is to listen to them. That's all. It's not on you. And this, we can apply it to many, many things. Like what? What do we have every single year? Everyone wants to bash everyone else. Eid, moon sighting wars, every year. Say, so, brother, relax. You go back to your ulama, your mashayikh, khalas. As long as you're not following your desires and doing fatwa shopping, you're following a trustworthy shaykh who studied and is on the right way, on the way of, uh, of Ahl-Sunnah wa jamaah on the way of the Salaf, you've done your job, my dear brother, my dear sister. It's not on you. This is what it means to respect the ulama and the elders. Your parents as well. Your parents, they have 50 years on you, for example, 40 years on you. Your grandparents, your uncles, the elders in the community, in the masjid, for example. We have to respect our elders. Even if we don't, we don't agree with all, all the things they say, you can benefit from them. They've been on the earth longer than you. They've been through more than you. Especially the ones who have, who have lived a hard life, who have come from our world to one countries, Ma'ala Ruktifa affairs, have lived different lives than we have. Therefore, Give them their appreciation. Learn from their experience. And this is what it means to respect what the elders have to say. And never put your words before an elder. Whether it be in knowledge, position, status, or in age. Al-Khamisu, and this is the next point here. إذا أتيت مضجعك فتوضأ ونم على شكك الأيمن واتلو آيات الكرسي مرة واجمع كفيك واقرأ فيهما سورة الإخلاص والمعوذتين وانفخ فيهما وامسح بهما ما استطعت من جسدك تفعل ذلك ثلاثا When you come to your place of sleep Where you sleep at night That's what it refers to here When you come to your place of sleep at night Make wudu before you sleep Sleep on your right side And recite Ayat Al-Kursi once Place your hands together and recite سورة الإخلاص And the Mu'awwidhatayni. What are the Mu'awwidhatayni? Surah Al-Falaq and Surah Al-Nas. The last two surah of the Qur'an. Then blow into them and wipe what you can of your body with your hands. Or what is apparent from your body. What is easy to reach from your body. And do this three times. And there's eight, eight issues regarding this mas'ala. So when you go to Madja'aka. A bit of a tongue twister. Fatawadda. When you go to your place of sleep. And here to the Arab, generally, okay, this is where you sleep long at night. Different to where they sleep during the day. During the day, they're at work. They may sleep in their workplace. If they're, if they're herdsmen, uh, working with the animals, they may sleep there. Or if they go home, they don't sleep in the place where they normally sleep at night. 
Because when you normally sleep at night, generally, it's for long or sustained sleep. So here it's referring to when you go to sleep at night. And wudu is the wudu that is, we're mentioning here the wudu sharad. What you do, when you do the wudu you do for salah. Sleep on your right side. What's no third point? Why is it called Ayatul Kursi? Ayah 255 of Surah Al-Baqarah, the greatest ayah in the Quran. It's got a lot of virtues as we know, but why is it called Ayatul Kursi? It's quite simple if you really think about it. What's mentioned in it? A Kursi. Is it the only time mentioned in the Quran? It is. Where the Kursi of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is mentioned. And it's the only time it's mentioned in the Quran, in this ayah, Ayatul Kursi. So read it, and then bring your hands together. The fourth issue, Wajma' kafayk. As you're doing dua. So the first thing you do, you step on your right side, you read Ayat al-Kursi, Wajma' kafayk. Bring your hands together. The fifth issue, Waqra' fihima, recite in them, Surat al-Ikhlasi wal-Mu'awwidhataini. Recite in them, Surat kulluhu wallahu ahad, Kul a'udhu bi rabbil falak, and Kul a'udhu bi rabbil nas. How many times? Once. So after you recite them, what do you do? The sixth issue here, one fourth fihima, blow into them. Seventh issue, wamsah bihima mastata'ata min jasadik. Wipe what is apparent or near from your body. And here some people go to extreme, they uncover their body and they do the feet from the bottom. No, whatever is apparent, whatever is easy. The eighth issue the Sheikh mentioned here, taf'al wadhalika thalathan. You do this three times. You can repeat it how you do it. Bring your two hands together. What do you do now? Do you blow first or what do you recite now? Recite which surah? How many times each? Three times. How do you do it first? One time. Bring the hands together. Do you blow now or after you recite? After you recite. So you recite Surah Al-Ikhlas, Surah Al-Falaq and Surah Al-Nas. Then you blow into your hands and then you wipe your body. And you repeat this three times. Understood? That's how you do it. That's the sunnah. Now, is that the only place where you can do this? Cup your hands together, recite uh, Surah Al-Ikhlas, Surah Al-Nas, Surah Al-Falaq, blow into them and wipe. Where else can you do it? Right, when you're sick. You can do it to yourself or do it to others. How? What we just mentioned. But obviously, if you're doing it, you wipe, some, you wipe someone else. And this is all mentioned in the sunnah, in the hadith of Aisha, radiyallahu anha. So you have the one we just mentioned, you do it during sleep, and also you do it during Sickness upon yourself or upon someone else.